Hey, welcome back to the Go Time Podcast. For Eddie Hinton, Super Bowl champion, horseman, entrepreneur, part two. And in this episode, it's kind of our second of our four-hour conversation between me and Eddie. You know, I would have cut a bunch of stuff out if there was something that wasn't worth keeping. And I haven't found one yet. A place that I can cut out. There's so much really rich, good stuff in in this section that I just I couldn't take anything out. Eddie delves into a little bit of his why, your why. Uh, what is any of our whys for for competing, for getting to the next level? And I think your why has got to be important. It's something you got to look into. And Eddie, um, Eddie takes us on a little bit of a, a ride on what his was, and and um, and and we kind of run down some crazy different roads on it, but they all lead to uh, some really good conversation on 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 competition and the mindset of someone who is a um, a way maker. Somebody who's finding a way to get through to uh, what you want and what's your determination. Um, and part of your determination may not be that you know your why yet, but um, but eventually where you're heading. This is a really good one. I like it a lot. I know I say it all the time, um, <laughs> but there's some gems in this. Really some good stuff. So thanks for joining me again. Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. The meeting place of industry leaders, elite athletes, and game-changing individuals from around the world. Here we explore the grit, guts, and mental fortitude required to succeed in business, competition, and life that you've been looking for. So stop looking and start listening. It's Go Time with Brendan O'Reilly and Todd Martin. But anyway, I was saying, let me ask you a question. In that Super Bowl, y'all had the game going. One, it's 13-13. Yeah. Three minutes left to go in the game. So that was literally like they led the longest lead in an entire, in the Super Bowl. And then ended up losing it. Losing by field goal. But they had it. They had. They had. They, they had, held the lead the entire, almost the entire. Almost. Game. And then we had the momentum. They had the momentum because I had fumbled in the game. They had the momentum to score to win the game, and they threw a pass that bounced off the Dan Reeves' shoulder, and our defense, our linebacker Mike Curtis caught it, ran it back to more about the ten yard line, and we kicked the field goal and won it. And I was asking him, why did he throw the ball? Y'all didn't have to throw. See, it's just like when you're kind of in the zone when you're on that horse. Yeah. And it's effortless and you, yeah. everything's clicking and working just well for you. Both working together. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you don't push it. You just let it go. It just happens. But, I mean, afterwards you think, maybe I could have done a little bit more. Afterwards, <laughs> you know. But yeah. at that time, it became effortless. That's the way. They had the momentum. And I'm like, why did you? He said, I don't know. That's what just in the like moment. Huh? You got to know, and you got to feel. Sometimes you, you, I could sit on the sideline and see that I need to do something great in a game. I did this in high school, college, and pro ball. 
Let me go and make a one-hand catch or let me go and score. I got to go and do something to uplift the momentum of the team. I knew I had that ability at times. I would mm. do it. I would tell somebody, they'd look at me like, what? Just watch. I have a, um, there's a young man that is, um, he's trained horses and um, he's one of my favorite people. His name's Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. And um, and he uh, had a show last year where he was showing in the futurity and he, he had some he had some nice horses um, and and he didn't get kind of didn't get scored the way he thought he should have gotten scored. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and he didn't get the full potential out. Right. And one of the things that I said to him. Right. Was when he was running that things were I mean, there wasn't anything bad about what he was running. Right. I mean, his run wasn't, you know, they all look good. <clears throat> but I told one of the things that he was doing was um, he was holding back and only showing at the big shows. Mm. Right. And um, and he wasn't out there doing the grind of mm. shows every other weekend. Right. Like, getting in and out of that pen and in and out of that pen. And and he was and, and I could tell just by what he was posting on social media and stuff like that, that he was he was struggling with that part. Yeah, I've struggled with that, right? I'm I the same. Been there, right? Been there, and um, and I called him up and I had a conversation with him and I I I told him I said, you know, you're not doing anything wrong, right? But you're not inspiring me. You're not going mm-hmm. in there, and you have to realize, our right, we're in a judged event. Right? That's right. It's a different deal, right? It's not a timed event. Right. You can you can you can't complain about that, right? Clock mm-hmm. doesn't lie. That's right. But we're in a judged event. So it's a little different, right? And so when you're in that, that judge is a fan. You've got to make him a fan that's, of Ed. That's right. Right? Ed Harrison needs to be his he needs to know who you are. How does he know who you are? You show up once every four months at a show. That's right. He can't be your fan. You, you got to be, even if you're not winning, but he sees you trying it every other weekend at the right. show and then you're there. Not only that, but you get comfortable there. And what I want to see is I want to see as a judge, I want to see what happens when I see like somebody who I think was outstanding, like Sean Flair to come in. Yes. And when he comes in, there's just something. He got a lot of flair. He's got a lot of flair right here. But it raises the hair on the back yes. of the neck. There's yes. something that all of a sudden everything gets elevated. And whenever, especially when it's like we expect the big one, because somebody else just had a great run. Right. And now he's and it's almost like he gets to rise the occasion. Like that's what I want to see. And like that as a team right. is a way better deal where you're going boom and lift that. Run, that's right. Um, and that's whenever, and that's not, that is not done by grabbing everybody by the scruff of the neck, no. right? That's done by, and it's such a perfect example of what good leadership is. That's right. Is that good leadership is whenever you inspire those others because you that's step right. to the front that's right. and you do it, right? right? That you fall or not. It's not even like if I lose or I fail at it. If I fail with that great effort, I'm still going to remember that. Yeah, right? exactly. You're going to play it back in your mind. 
What and how can I correct or fine tune? Exactly. This? Oh yeah, I mean I do that all the time. Yeah. So I remember what's really funny is I remember seeing um, Bill Horn show at uh, Fort Worth Stock Show, mm-hmm. not Stock Show, Fort Worth uh, at the Paint World one year. Mm-hmm. I was just I I hadn't shown yet. I hadn't really gone. I mean, it just I was really just beginning. Right. right? And <laughs> and I always thought Bill Horn looked like the Marlboro Man. Mm. He just was, Terry. you know, the real hot yeah. hat, and he and he would would run nine zero. I wow. mean, you, and when you would watch him come in, you just you, like you you couldn't help but have your heart skip a beat because it was like, oh my god, I've never seen anybody right. run that big and fast right. and be that calm and cool. Whatever he is doing, that, right? And <laughs> um, and I remember watching him getting warming up in the back, and there was not much of an area to warm up, right? Mm-hmm. And he takes a big drag off his cigarette and. Boom, flicks it in the ground, blows that out, and heads right to that pit. And I mean, he hit that gate. And when he wow. hit that gate, I mean, he was going, right? <laughs> you, If you were sitting inside, you didn't see all the stuff going. Right, he's in the getting back, himself didn't all psyched up, getting ready to That's go, right. right? But he, when he came in, blasting in, right? The thing that I remember the most was when he come running in, that horse was running in. Almost seemed like that horse didn't know he could run that fast. <laughs> and Bill was as smooth and slick at coming in. And when he hit that gate, entering that arena, it wasn't like everybody else was watching somebody kind of lope in the arena and then do the deal. Yeah. It was like, holy crap, show's on, right? right. And when he hit so it, tough. he commanded it to rise, right? And the craziest part about it is he run in there and he stopped just unbelievably big, wow. right? I mean, just that horse. I don't know that that horse could have stopped anybody. <laughs> did, right? And he backs it up and he spins it like a top. <laughs> and he spun the wrong way. Oh, my word. <laughs> and it was, that's it. Zero. Right? You're done. Right? Spun the wrong way. Spun the wrong way. Here he is at Paint World. Right? And he spins the wrong way. <laughs> and I remember his, I don't remember who won. Wow, that I was so. I do not cool. remember who won that. I now y'all don't get your patterns to his time to run, right? I uh, know we get our, oh. some of them. Like a lot, a lot of the big shows, you'll get them like a month or two ahead of time. Oh, you do? Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Um, at now at the breed shows and at Paint World, he probably didn't get it until the night before. Corn mm-hmm. shows, you would only get it like maybe the night before or right. that morning. Okay. But at a lot of the big NRHA shows, you'll get it plenty oh. of heads up, right? And mm-hmm. you'll even know all of them. It's just kind of nice because. You can kind of prepare and train for that too. Mm, that's what but I was thinking. At the at the breed shows, you know, you got to have it all ready, and they a lot of times they would just you know you got it the night before, or if you're lucky, or the day of. But um, but that one was what was so inspiring to me, or not inspiring, but like a profound for me, right? And I don't know that I even understood it then, but I understood it much later. Was um, that was such an impactful run. And I realized that he didn't run to not lose. Even though he did lose on that horse, he yeah. didn't score anything, right? Mm-hmm. But he, ne- like the way he ran in was no reservation, no hesitation in what he did. Right. Open, free, without the concern of losing, mm-hmm. right? He didn't show to not lose or to not mess up. Right, right. Right? That he had his eyes on go and the task at hand. Now he lost lost concentration, didn't pay attention to what the deal was on it. <clears throat> but that run 
Hmm. wasn't to not inspire. That run wasn't to not win, right? Mm -hmm. And you couldn't, if you were the owner or whatever, like you couldn't look at that and be, if you're a horseman, you couldn't have been disappointed because there was no, you know, hesitation in in what was being done. He threw it out there, meant, you know what? Stuff happens. It does. But um, when I talked to Ed, that was the deal with Ed, was that you're running to not mess up. Mm. You're running, and when you're running, it's good. You're not messing up, right? But you're not inspiring me. Well, it's almost like uh, you see a person going through emotions. Exactly. It sticks out. I mean, and st- <laughs> still a person being really intuitive and becoming one with that animal. Yeah. You can tell the difference. You can see the mechanics of it. And that and horse don't said yes, everything. It never yes. showed any refusal or right. like that. But that horse wasn't inspired either. It, there was, there had to have been more. Because don't you go. never rode, you know, beyond that. But that kind of really helped him, and I think spoke to him well in the sense that, man, you got to make me a fan. Like you got to make me want to cheer for you, right? Nobody wins that, and everybody goes. Oh, that was a good run. i share something with you. In the 80s, a great friend of mine uh, wrote a book uh, and sold it. Well, not a book, but did a film on the New American Revolution. Her name was Lynn Sims, great woman. She passed away late, uh, four years ago. And it was talking about the changing of our society as it is now, like 24-hour news. She interviewed Ted Turner talking about it before it happened back wow. in those days. Uh, there was a guy named George Leonard who wrote a book about the ultimate athlete. He didn't understand the power of the mind with the body becoming one. And growing up as a kid, he thought sports and athletics, all that stuff was for the school and rah-rah for the city, not for oneself until he came in his 40s. Mm. And he started doing reading about martial arts and seeing how powerful the mind could possibly be. Yeah. That you can almost <laughs> move a salt shaker with your mind. She ended up interviewing. I told her about him. She interviewed him. I'm like, whoa, Lenny. And then she did with uh, talk about in relationships. Talked about that, how use the man as provider and raising the kids. Now it's going to have to be both spouses and raising a family. They're going to have to trade off the experience of both raising the family. Mm-hmm. And, and which basically, if you go and have a family, that's the only way it's going to work almost to this day. Yeah. And I'm like, Wow, that's powerful. So I was kind of upset a little bit about the leadership of blacks in this country. Mm-hmm. And I said, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton don't speak for me. And I'm going on and on. I'm telling her to just have them just rattling off. She looks at me. She says, why don't we write a book about your experience? Oh, no, no, no. No, Lenny, no, no. Anyway. So we wrote this book from locker room to the boardroom. which talks about my transition things that we kind of talk about my parents being bootleggers but how I stayed focused in my journey and the things that I've shared with you today and she put it all in and we had to end it because she ended up saying Eddie you keep coming up with things I said yeah because there's more life out here than just what I'm doing now and that's when I was just now getting in the uh, the building business and she said "Ah, now you're going into building business. Well, yeah. And, of course, I was making that transition from Houston to come to Spring Branch. I didn't even know where Spring Branch was. Are you talking to Spring Branch near 
Houston? No, there was one near Fort Worth. I mean, near San Antonio. I didn't even, even know. And uh, so we end up stopping there. But what it talks about mostly is what things we shared. We're talking about how I challenge myself constantly. I dealt with the changes of every, my philosophy every four to five years, we all as human basically have some kind of change that we have to make and you got to adjust to it. <clears throat> like in, from high school, I went to high school where we won two national, we won state championship two years in a row. No one scored over six points against us. We won uh state championship in football, basketball, and baseball and track. I mean, we in this school, it was just, and when you went out for the team, it was almost 150 guys you had to go after. And I remember my sophomore year, <laughs> my freshman year when I got there, I was like fourth of 15, fourth or fifth, on the fourth or fifth team in line as running back at the time. And all these other guys were in front of me. And I said, hmm, who's the best guy out here? I'm going to watch him. As long as he stay up, I will. That was mindset mm. then. And I wanted to be my senior year, the number one running back in the whole state of Oklahoma. I made that up in my mind. So what do you do? Everything's a process. All right, you gotta, if you're gonna look like a champion, you gotta act like one. If you're gonna be a leader, you gotta act like a leader. I'm making a, so every Friday I would wear a coat and tie. I just that was my thing I created. Set a presence. Every game we played, still hundred percent, I'm giving hundred and ten percent. When it came out at the end of the year, who are the top players that are going to be picked to be an all-star game in the whole state of Oklahoma, which the North and South play against each other? I want to be number one. But I noticed they didn't pick me. I was number two. I was outraged. <laughs> who is this other guy? We was in a big conference. We were a 5A school. Come to find out, I was another guy from a little small four, uh, 3A school. And Star Spence, Oklahoma. I didn't know where in the hell that was, but I found it. He was near Oklahoma City. So I moved up there during the spring to work out with him. What is he doing different than I'm doing? That was my mind process. I mean, okay, I watched a school. I went to a school to see what kind of school it was, playing field. Looked like a cow pasture to me, so... I don't think he has a footwork I do. He don't run track, so I've never seen him in track, so I know I got more speed. I'm sort of evaluating all this thing. Yeah. Okay, let me go to his house, check him out. Family of eight kids. About that time, it was me and my brother. So I think I'm nourishable because he had to fight for all his food, so he may not have the nourishment I do. I mean, I'm thinking all this stuff. <laughs> so we're going to play an all-star game at the end of August. So this summer, let's work out every day. I told him, let's work out every day. Get ready for an all-star game. Only person I knew was him and his girlfriend. I would be riding with him in the evening, and, and she'd be sitting in the middle of us at the time. And she says, "I wonder who's going to be the outstanding athlete in the All Star game." And I sit there, and she's, "Oh, my man, Bo, and oh, I'm tighten up like a rubber band." I ain't lying. I, I didn't realize how focused and I was about stuff, and how possessed I was. And I would say under breath a little bit, "Well, you never see me play." The day before the game, the meteor came out and they was in the locker room and him and I, we back to back putting out our clothes and and uh, they came and asked me, say, Eddie, you from down there in Lawton. So what do you think you're going to do in this All-Star game? I said, I'm running three touchdowns in this game. I said, what? This is an All-Star game. Said, yeah, it's the best of the best is when you're supposed to perform. 
He looked at me. Hey, man, do you know what you just said? Yeah, I know exactly what I said. Have you ever seen me play? He's, well, no. Wait till that day. Come to find out the odds was against me. The quarterback in his conference was a quarterback in the start of the game. The coach of the game was his coach. Oh. The whole first half, they wouldn't give me the ball. Luckily, something was bad. But anyway, the quarterback got hurt. They sent a quarterback from my conference in there. I pulled him aside at halftime. I said, we came down and ate it, and we kicked our butt on your homecoming. I caught that long pass that you throw to that guy number 18. Y'all sitting there every time like an idiot, like we don't watch films. Ran back on you 75 yards. I ran 80 yards on you on touchdown. We crushed y'all. Who were the best? He said, you are. Give me the ball when we get out there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I ran a three touchdown. I go to his coach. In the game, I said, I don't want to play in my offense. Put me on defense. I got to make sure I stopped it. Depending the guy that got a pretty good running back on the other team, I'll make sure he don't score. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have some kind of vision mm-hmm. in life and where you're going and what you want and even how you want to live. If you don't have that, Todd, the world is not your oyster. Mm-hmm. It's not. And uh, as we talk about our journey, we look back on it. We say, wow, I did that. Now you can share it. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of life. To me, that's the beauty of life. Yeah. So I thought I'd share that with you. And I love that. I'm not that yeah. to get me one. No, I gave it to you. Cool. I want it signed. Yeah, I will. So, man, I really enjoy when I can share some of these things that's inside of me that very few people, they kind of blow them away. So you don't just throw everything out because a lot of people are not ready for who you are yeah. or your philosophy of life. And you saying, uh, I don't buy into excuses. I just can't. You know, I had two brothers that uh, I watched them. I tried to call myself, call them, uplift them. They both got in prison. They died in prison because mm. they kept saying from childhood, somebody owed them something. No, nobody owed you anything. They don't owe you anything. What's okay, yours? Mine. I just make sure it wasn't my phone. My... <laughs> um. Hmm. You know, I um I made this observation before. Um. And you were talking about earlier about the correlation between, you know, those things that inspire and that work and they go through that sports and just athletics period you know challenge you like it's more than just you know exactly. something for school spirit exactly right um and the one thing that i have may I, you know and i never put the two together until kind of recently but um you know that the they had the statue the the thinker mm-hmm. you know, the sculpture yeah. the thinker yeah. yeah that dude's pretty fit very much so. You know? That's right. And that's, you know, throughout history, it's not, you don't see the most profound thinker just sitting around and, you know. Used to be the Peter, they call it Peter principle. They just put people in the office because they got a body. They didn't have to think. Hmm. They just responded. People like us, we had to think. Yeah. We had to make things happen. Because uh, we're part of the disciple of a society. We have this gift and you learned it. 
You trained yourself. You taught yourself so you can be able to share it with others. And that's why you train like you do. You bring in people and you train them like you do in your family. I do that outside with other people. We are not part of that group. And there's a story I tell people all the time. There was a book written years ago by John, a guy wrote using a seagull about the symbol of life named Jonathan Livingston Seagull. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Hmm, sounds familiar. Name, name, I think it is uh, Jonathan Bach that wrote the story. And the symbol he made, as you and I know, when we talk about, say that we go in, we see a seagull out there. What does it tell you you're close to? If you see a seagull inland. Yeah, you tell you you're close to the ocean. Exocean. So they have the boundaries. You far out in the ocean and you see a seagull. What do you think? Close to land, right? So Jonathan, uh, he wrote, Mr. Bach wrote the story about seagulls and their boundaries and how people think sometimes. And when Jonathan was born as a seagull, he said, why is it that we just eat along the shore of the ocean? When we got this whole ocean that we can go and get all the kind of fish we want. Mr. Jonathan, we just don't do that. Well, why we don't fly further inland or fly further outland and um, because we have wings. They said, John, we just don't do that. <laughs> and he said, wow. And they end up telling his family and friends and relatives said, Jonathan, you're kind of weird. If you keep answering all these questions, we're going to become an outcast and we're going to not want you around. He said, because I asked the question, why? So one day as he was flying alone, as most of our disciples and our society has done, sometimes you have to pull away from the forest to see the trees. Mm-hmm. We become loners sometimes to think, what is my purpose? Like you shared earlier. And Jonathan, and, and Jonathan said, if I learn to fly at 100 miles an hour, I can dive down there and get any kind of fresh fish I want of choice. But it's a process. I'm going to start at 25 50, I'm going to build up like you was talking about the horses, mm-hmm. 30 miles an hour, 45. He was thinking that way. He got up to 75 miles an hour and hit that water and didn't bring his wing quite in and snapped it, broke it. So while I was mending, his family and friends said, see what happens to you when you start doing something a little different. Now, you keep talking about the adults don't flying high and diving stuff for food. We're going to disown you if you keep doing that. Deemed to be, be just like the rest of us. So while his arm has been there, he's trying to conform like the rest of them, but something inside of him said, no, you got more to offer. So when the wing got stronger, Jonathan said, well, I'm going out there and try it again. They said, don't try to come back and don't even share your wisdom and knowledge with the rest of us because we don't want to hear it. He said, wow. So he went out. Realized that he could fly at 100 miles an hour and hit that water, go get the fresh fish he wanted. And he was admitting, thinking about that. He wanted to go to share it with another, but he realized he said, don't come back. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, two other beautiful seagulls came and swooped right alongside of him. Said, Jonathan, there's more to do. There's more of life to live. There's more of things you can do. If you just set your wings at a certain way, let the air get under it. You can soar for miles. We have no jealousy. We have no uh, whatever it is. We talk about uplifting. Either or other Jonathan's going to find you or you find them. Mm-hmm. And they're far and few between. I meet Jonathans all over the world. I just wait to meet one. 
It does happen, doesn't it? It does. And yeah. you meet them. You meet them all. <laughs> See, yeah. whenever you're thinking, you don't hit your wits in, somebody pops up. It does. I'll it call does. you out of nowhere. Like, hey, Todd, I heard you want, and you, you hadn't even thought about that person. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can count the people that's done that in my life. Hmm. It's because he, it, I think it's because you're open to it. You're open to right? it. You're open, open to you're it. willing and you see that. Like keep you saying, there's another level maybe that a horse has. Right. And everybody else is stopping here. Yeah. You know, and, and, and something else that I've noticed also about um, knowing people behind, you know, outside of the, outside of the, the, the uh, football field or outside of the business yeah. arena you know, and you meet them outside of it and you see this, you see this confidence, right? <laughs> you see confidence. You can tell by the way the woman, they move, they walk and yeah. carry themselves. Yeah. yeah. There's a carry to it. Right. And, and, um, and I, you know, I, that, that intrigued me, right. It, because for me, the show pin's pretty, in, pretty important. It is. Right? What, how you, how you present yourself in that, you know, um, plays a lot into what, is being seen, right? Um, when somebody sees someone's show that they're not a fan of, mm-hmm. they don't see the winning run that everybody else saw, that there were fans of it, right? That's and it's right. just the same thing, right? That's right. But that confidence, right? Where do you get that confidence from? And the greatest thing about confidence is it comes from knowledge, like nobody's confident about something you don't know anything about. No. Right? I mean, it takes it requires the the delving into it, getting the knowledge, knowledge of you know failure, knowledge of of what it takes, but then being able to have enough of the experience and to know what that experience is. That's what's crazy to me that whenever you know, how did you come in even as a novice in the team pinning and go and win a check for 20 grand? Right. It wasn't because, you know, this, you had the knowledge of what it took to be the team. You had the knowledge of competition and being in a bigger arena. Right. It didn't, and you could lead others. That's exactly that right. Process, right. That's right. That's where it's always fascinating to me to see somebody who's a good coach. Yes. But that hasn't necessarily experienced it right it's always a little confusing to me to see someone who because they uh one thing that i think is 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 as an observation right is seeing uh, watching a a uh a a trainer of horses right Mm -hmm. someone who who has all the knowledge of horses and how they work and the mechanics and the and the knowledge of the horse's way of thinking and, mm-hmm. and getting into delving to that to get the horse to do what they can and whatever else. And when they, but they don't have that, that knowledge of competition and they're coaching another green rider or right. a green in the area of competition. Right. right. And when something goes wrong, they always go back to, fixing a deal on the horse of, you know, whatever we got to go over here and, and, and you know, soften him up or, <laughs> you know, get, it's a side it's a sidestep. It's not right, right. You know, whatever it is that they're, you know, side pass needs to be fixed or whatever it is that they're trying to do. And, and you're going like, hmm. like you're avoiding what, what really is the issue. And the issue is you walked in there, had no confidence and you as a coach didn't have the knowledge 
of knowing what competition does and how to overcome and do that. Right. right. And, um, and so when you don't have that, it's very difficult for you to know what it is that's being lacked or what's not happening. Well, it's the work ethic, like you said, but see, you have, I, I share with people like, you know, Reno's that I do, you have to wean your awareness. It's not just the cat, like I do. Exactly. It's not, it's not the clock that you're talking about. It's like you're saying, you're seeing the judges. What is he thinking? Because that's your culprit that you got to deal with as well as your poems of your animal. Mm -hmm. How are you perceiving? Like you telling the gentleman, Harris, you're saying you need to go to more shows. You need to put in more of the work so they can see effort. Right. You got to understand. It's like me going to a bank to get money. I got to find a banker that I can relate to to understand my philosophy, but I got to know quite a bit about him to relate to him that he could feel confident enough. I'm going to pay this money back. I got to make him believe I'm going to be able to pay this money back no matter what. I remember when I was going to start that airplane business, I had no money because they wouldn't have the money me as these guys make it today. Okay. Yeah. We didn't have that. <laughs> so I had this concept and this idea and I, I did a uh, business plan. I did everything because I learned that going to night school. And I would go to all these banks because didn't go to one I went to because I didn't have the money and they could take me right away. So I went to other banks. <laughs> and every time they turned me down, I would ask them why. And when they did, I put that in my presentation that the guy couldn't say the same thing. Right. Until I found one. Now, I'm just talking. I'm showing him my business plan. And he sat there and looked at me. He said, we're looking for young entrepreneurs. That business plan you got won't work. But tell me about you. Mm. I was like, shit, I got it. I ain't got no problem with that. Right. He said, somehow you're going to make it work. So how much money you need? That's what he ended up saying. I said, I need to know how much I got to pay you back every year. Don't worry about it. Wait six months, see how the business goes, then we work at it. Yeah. That's funny. You know, I had a point where um, I went to go and I went and bought my first um, facility. Mm -hmm. And it was it was just a house. Um, but I and it had a little like pole barn on it. And mm -hmm. I needed to build a, a big barn to be right. in my arena and stuff like that. And so I was kind of like, I just ventured off on my own and stuff. And and I, uh, we, me and my wife bought a house right. and had nine acres, but I needed to build a barn. So the guy was like, you know, that was selling us a house, was like, no problem. Bank is going to loan you. You do, re you know, you'll do at the time. It wasn't too hard to awful hard to get, you know, refinancing, yeah, yeah. financing on it. And so you could do a remodel on the house Damn right. buy it and you could do that. No problem. And so I figured I needed about 60,000 at the right. time to, you know, build the barn that I needed and whatever else. And so we got the house bought moved in right we're like oh it was you know this whole deal big thing you know we'd stepped up and done this whole deal and i was like all right so i'm ready to you know I'm, we're in we're in the house for like five days i'm like well, let's get after you know we got to get right. this loan in for the loan we put it in for the loan and 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 uh to get that and they were like sorry we can't loan you that and i'm like oh wait i mean so i i bought this you know you guys said it wouldn't be a problem but right. i bought this with the pretense that exactly. i could move my business here because this is this i can't afford that if i'm renting from some stalls from somebody else that's too, right right let me explain to you my business and blah 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 and you know they looking at a horse trainer they think you know hey that's you know, right you're right there with a rodeo clown like exactly. they got no idea what you're gonna do right or how you're doing things 
And um, so, you know, I was like, so the loan officer says, well, I mean, you can talk to my boss. So I went to the boss and then they said, you know, sorry, thank you. But we, you know, we can't do it. And I'm like, all right, well, who's your boss? You know, and right. I went through the next one and the next one, and the next one. And I kept getting no, no, no. And I'm like, well, who's your boss? And he's like, well, it's this guy. Right. So I go down finally in the last one. And this guy's like, come on in. And this one had like a big office downtown, you know, like right. five, six floors up. You know, he wasn't like the guy at the bank deal. Right. This guy, the big dude. Right. And I go in, I'm like, at this point, I'm not, I'm not I am not looking at impressing you at all. Right, right. I want to know what the deal is, right? right, right. So I mean, that's like the last deal, last effort, last stitch effort. Right. And they had, this bank was the bank that actually held the note on the house. Mm. And I figured it'd be the best chance, right? Exactly. And, and I got through, the guy, he, you know, so well, tell me what you do. And I told him what all I do and everything else. And he was like, man, that's really intriguing. I really, yeah. But um, I, I can't help you. Hmm. Sorry, this is you know, this is um, this is, this is I just you can't see it, and we just don't we we can't invest in. I mean, right. can't we can't give you the loan on that. And um, and he says, but it is really intriguing. It's very very pleasant, you know, to meet you. It was fun, nice mm-hmm. to meet you. And I was like, all right, well, thanks a lot. But um, so uh, who's your boss? And he goes, this is the end of the road. Son. Oh, There's nobody else. It's just me. And how I got that high up, I just guess I guess I asked, right? Right, right. And um, and I was like, man, you know, and I'm I'm, you know, my wife is like, you know, freaking out. Now what are we gonna do? Right. Or whatever else. And all I could think of was like, what am I gonna do? And um, I looked at the guy and I was like, all right, well, um, so when do I move out? How long do I have to move out? And he was like, what do you what right. do you mean? I was like, well, you guys have the note on the house. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. And I said, um, well, when do you want me to move out? Right. And he says, what are, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, um, well, if I can't run my business out of there, I can't. Right. It doesn't make sense to own the house. I'll find another one. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you can't just walk out. And I said, he said, your 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 credit will go back. Right. It's like credit. I got bad credit before. <laughs> My wife fixed that once. She right. can try to fix it right, again. Right. But I said, you know, like, well, I'm not doing it. Like, it's yours now. Yeah. I've been in there for a week and a half, two mm. weeks now. It ain't gonna hurt that bad. Mm-hmm. Right. It ain't gonna hurt you worse. Right. You find the buyer, you deal with it. That's right. It's your house once again. Right. And he's like, well, you we just and he starts talking to me about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and I told him I said, no, no, like I can get a better interest rate on a credit card right now from what you're trying to do. And you'll loan me more on a car than I am on my barn for my mm. business. So like this is crazy to me. Right. And I said, and I you think I'm you know, you think I think this is crazy. You think I'm crazy? Dude, I am way crazier than that. Mm. This house is yours. It will be yours wow. here in days, man. But I will get a loan or I will find something else. I'm out of here. I can go back to where I came, right? I walked out of there with a $25,000 loan. It wasn't what I wanted. No. But, but you know, it was such a blessing because it made me have to work hard that's right. to get it still, right? And I walked out of that place. By the time I got done, I had two apartments built in that barn. And I had built a, you know, I had built what I could. I built eight stalls in a building big enough to where mm. I could put 20 in it. Right. And I just slowly built in and built in. And then when we sold it. So you realize you had choices to make. Right. And you challenged him 
by the options that you had. Yeah. Oh, I have an option. I can get out. I just walk away from it. Now, you're talking about money. Yeah. They're getting ready to lose. And I talked his language. It, you talked his language. Exactly. So you talked his language. And you got to know that. You got to know in every game of life that you learn the rules if you're going to play it. And think outside. And of you got to think outside. You got to think about right. I'm not Larry, Larry, Tom, and Dick and Harry walks in here. I know that. So can't compare me. No. Let's talk. Who are you? I'm learning as much as I can about you, and I'm going to share with you because we both have something to offer. Well, it can be a win-win situation. I'm not coming in for nobody to lose. Right. I'm talking about a win-win situation. And that's where I've always dealt with anything in life. And I remember- It, it, it comes at a, it, it, coming at it from a different place or realizing, like, have, not having that give up. Well, yeah, no. they wouldn't give it to me. Mm-mm. Right, fine enough. Do it, and sometimes <laughs> that gets me in trouble. Well, I know, but but <laughs> but something inside here, that mind, is saying you is for you, because if somebody said no the first time to me about something I wanted bad enough, and it went away, and I didn't think about it more, I let it go. Yeah, but if it keeps coming up, I got to figure a way how I can get to satisfy this need, and that's where it's always been, and I never compare that I'm gonna do anything. The way you do it. Yeah. How can I do it? I've done a lot of things the way nobody else has done. I'm telling you. Yeah. And it works for you. That's what makes us kind of stick out, make us individual, make us special for our little environment. And that's all I do. And I feel blessed that I have those choices and I made them. It really is a blessing. Yeah. And every every negative thing that's ever happened, I learned from that too. Yeah. You know, I don't think about, you know, we was talking about Bathsheba and stuff. See, Jesus died for our sins. He knew we are going to sin. You just got to correct it. Now you keep doing the wrong thing too many times. Yeah, you're going to really pick on cost you. But you have a choice to correct it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, say la vie. You know, and I think the important thing on, because it's, that's a, that's a really hard thing for, I think, people to get a grasp of, of what we're talking, what's being said, because there's a lot of people out there that talk about Christianity and sin and everything else and um, and don't quite explain it that well. No. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't want to. And, and Yeah. And I, I think something that was really kind of uh, helped me a bunch and made it for a big understanding for me, right, was that there's a reason why it's about intent, right? And mm. it's the same thing as what we do, right? Right. <clears throat> when he saves you, when you accept the gift and he, you, you accept the gift of him taking upon your sins. Right. Um, there's a reason why he leaves you in the predicament you're in where you're still a sinful person. Right. Right. Your intent is that you don't intend to want to sin anymore. No. You want to do better, not because you can you know, never do it again. Right. And there's a reason why he leaves you in the predicament you're in. And he leaves. So you can make that choice to him. And also knowing me, I, if he fixed me like walk like that right. and I never made another simple problem again, I would easily think that I did that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's I, what happens. And you being in this, that's the growth of the competitor. It's the growth right. of the mind period is understanding that 
in that predicament, I am so easily silly enough to think that I did these things, right? Or that I accomplished this right. and it's all about me. That's what I mean. Like I get myself yeah. screwed up. When yeah. I get, like I'll force my way through it. I did it before I'll do it again. Like, all right. So you're digging the hole, you probably shouldn't be. That's it, exactly right. right. And, and that, that nature that I have of push and persevere through it and push harder, push harder, harder on a horse than I probably should, yeah. or a lot of these other things, that those things come to haunt me too, right? That's right. But he leaves me in that because that's how I grow, right? He's going to make me and help me grow. The things that you've learned about in your life have all been from and the growth that you've had through the adversity right. and realizing the, le the learned things from it, right? Right. That's what I find so cool, and I want you know my I want people to know more about right is that you know it's not like I am far from being a perfect person anywhere even close right but every mistake that I made I I try not to to waste that's right right and it sometimes it takes me a while to really get a grasp on just what no, that mistake was right but um but. Those mistakes and the adversities that I go through are what where I grow, right? That's that's where that's why he leaves you where you're at because his intention is not to leave you where you're at and not grow you, but the adversity yep. is what he uses to teach you. What a the development I heard once of a pearl in the bottom of the sea, if it didn't have the rough terrain to deal with at the bottom of the sea, it wouldn't turn out to be a pearl. Hmm. So we have to have that to be appreciative of the things of life that's available for us to be yeah. able to teach. That's how we do learn. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. minor's own hands. Minor's own hands mm -hmm. is learning. Most people can read about it, but I got to feel it and know it, and, and then I'll do it. Yeah, I, I do it through experience, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my, my big deal. I've got to. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.